Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 4, Term 2. This is Lesson 20. We are going to continue where we left off. We were in John chapter 5 and verse 27. I'm going to read that verse and then continue on to the next quote that we have by William MacDonald. Remember again, Jesus said in John 5.27, He says, And He has given Him, that God has given Him authority to execute judgment, that is the Son. Also, because He is the Son of Man. Remember again, we were talking about the fact that because He is the Son of Man, because He does understand man, He is in a position to judge. And He can do it righteously. And there will be no arguments from our side that will hold any water because He has been here. Now to help understand this last phrase, because he is the son of man, William MacDonald uh, says that as the son of God, he, Jesus, is equal with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. And as the son of God, he gives life. But he is also the son of man. He came into this world as a man, lived here among men, and died on the cross as a substitute for men and women. See, this is all of his son of man part. Amen? Alright. When he comes again, he will come to judge his enemies and to be honored. Now see, as God, he wouldn't have had really any enemies man-wise. Okay? The enemies that he is going to have as a son of man are all the people that opposed him while he was in this earth. Are you getting this? Okay. So, see. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We'll stop here for a second. As God... His enemy was Satan. I I want you to see this, okay? Because sometimes we miss this. As God, see, that's why the devils, the demons, when they saw him, they said, have you come to judge us before the time? So he was the member of the Godhead that actually dealt with all the spiritual disobedience, okay? And rebellion. Interesting, isn't it? And, and he had dealt with it. He, he, he was understood to be the judge. So what we need to understand here is, as God, he could judge things that were in the spirit realm. As man, he will judge things in the natural realm. Because he came here and he lived among us. Isn't this something else? See, and that's what allowed him then to cross those two borders. And to be able to say this now, that the Son of Man will be given judgment and can execute judgment on both realms, in both ways, as, as the Son of God, the spirit realm, as the Son of Man, the natural realm, so that we are without excuse. Hallelujah. And because that works in us, remember I told you we went the other way, <laughs> okay? We went from being sons of men, so to speak, to the sons of God. We have the authority to judge spiritual beings, which is why you have the right to stand up to a demon and cast it out. Not because you're a man. Do you understand? But because the judge of all spiritual things live in you. That's why he said, in my name. You can't do this on your own. It has to be in my name. Because in his name isn't about just his name. In his name is identifying with him. And saying, I am now Christ in the flesh. This is why we call Christians. We're Christians. <laughs> do you get it? See, and you can't do that if you're not one of those. Okay? Because only someone that has God in them can judge that realm. Oh, 
Do we get it? Do you get it? Before that, you were... <laughs> you ha- if a demon want to jump on you, you're in trouble. Because you just don't have any defense against that. You all seen The Exorcist? You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? I mean, it's curtains for you, baby. I mean, that's it. You're gone. However, when God lives in you, ain't big enough for the both. It tries to jump on you, and all of God in you will jump on it. But you need to understand that. See, we are so afraid. See, this is where the fear aspect, that's why the world is doing everything it can to make us afraid. Okay, it has all these horror movies and stuff. You know what? It generates fear in you. There's no faith in there. You know what the most ridiculous thing would be? In one of those horror movies for one of us to appear. We will let, uh, the movie will be end. We'll be end credits by then. <laughs> you know, as soon as we turn up, it'll all just, just fall apart. It'll, it'll take that long to, to, to fix everything that is going wrong. And understand something. We talked about this before as well. And I want to bring all this out right now because this is relevant. Is that there is a power of darkness. Remember, he has translated us. From the kingdom, that kingdom of darkness, that power, okay, into the kingdom of his dear son. Okay? So we need to understand that there is a power. Darkness does have a power. It's not people's imaginations. The thing actually exists. Alright? But we have a greater power. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So again, as the Son of God, he, Jesus, is equal with the Father. Now we can understand this. And with the Holy Spirit. And... As the Son of God, He gives life. That is all in you now. That's why you can call Him Father. Do you get it? Behold, what manner of love is this that we should be called the sons of God. We can now fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with God. Things that the Old Testament couldn't do. Because they were all slaves. They weren't the same. You are. Get it? Okay. All right. But he also, he is also the son of man. He came into this world as a man, lived here among men, and died on the cross as a substitute for men and women. He was rejected and crucified uh, when he came into the world as a man. When he comes again, he will come to judge his enemies and to be honored in the same world where he was once so cruelly treated. Because he is both God and man, he is perfectly qualified to be judge. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? Now we can go. Okay, so we encountered this phrase, the Son of Man, once before in the same gospel in John 1 and verse 51 when Jesus said to Nathaniel, Most assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Interesting, isn't it? It did say the Son of God. It was the Son of Man. Now, can I just give you a little revelation on that? Why did it say the Son of Man instead of the Son of God? Because the normal thing would be, okay, spiritual things, he's a natural man, okay? It would be the Son of God, spirit to spirit. Are you all with me? Okay, that, that would be my normal way of thinking. But as beings that God made in his image and likeness, we had a right to turn around to those that rejected God in that realm and try to come into this realm, we had a right to evict all of that out of this realm. Which means they would have had nowhere to run. That's all it would have taken. That's what we needed to do. Alright, moving. (laughs) William Hendrickson in his commentary explains that Jesus used 
this self-designation in order to indicate his own heavenly transcendent nature. He is the one who comes from above, the one to whom the final judgment has been committed, who will come with the clouds in great glory. He is accordingly not at all the political, earthly, nationalistic Messiah of Jewish expectation. He is not only king of Israel, but king of kings. He stands in connection with the whole human race, being the son of man. See, he's not just for Jews. Get it? That's what he's bringing out here. Nevertheless, he is altogether unique among men. He is not a son of man, but the son, the son of man. Do you see the difference? Okay. As a man, he suffered, uh, suffers and treads the path of humiliation. But this very path of suffering leads to the crown, to glory. Amen? Moreover, this glory is revealed not only when he comes in the clouds, but reaches back, as it were, through his entire life on earth and through every redemptive act. He is always the glorious Son of Man. Needless to say, the Jews were literally dumbfounded. (laughs) what he was saying. Do you now understand? They're getting a picture of this. They're getting a kind of understanding because they have a very, um, they have some, a certain degree of insight into God. So when he begins to say all of this stuff, it is just literally blowing their minds. See, to us, we read it and go, okay, that sounds pretty nice. To them, the ramifications of what he was saying was, you understand why they said they had to kill him, that he was committing blasphemy. Okay, this is a fallen race that never understood. Satan had sold them the lie that God was so far apart and separate from us. That we were just nothing and dirt and, you know, we came from dirt, we're returning to dirt and dirt was the main issue. (laughs) Okay, we didn't, they didn't get and God breathed his life and brought us alive with his life. There was something about him. That he said, let us make man in our image, not like monkeys, but us. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And let them not evolve. <laughs> okay? He said, let them have dominion over all that stuff. Isn't it funny? If we evolve, we can't have dominion over stuff we've evolved over. Okay? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay? The, the, the thing is that if we were created above all of that, then we have a right. Amen. And also, that makes us responsible for not behaving like them. See, a lot of times, you know what, I'll give you this revelation. A lot of times people are saying, oh, we just, we, we just evolved. We came from animals. So, you know, we want to get like freaky, we can, because we're all from animals. We can do whatever we want. I mean, look at the animal kingdom, they do that. It, but hang on a second, how come then suddenly you get all upset when somebody does something wrong to you? What you're saying is, you need to be given the right to do whatever you want, but other people better not do it to you. It works both ways. Okay, if you don't want them to do it to you, don't do it to them. That's why Jesus said, you know, do unto others as, it's called the golden rule, okay? As you would have them do unto you. Whatever you sow, you, you reap. It just comes back on you, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> All right. So we need to understand this. We need to, we need to understand that the Jewish mind was picking up on all of this. They understood that, you know, when he was saying what he was saying, they saw him saying that he was literally equal with God. And he he was there to give them the good news. 
that if they received him, they'd be in the same place. Through him. Not on their own. Through him. Amen? That they could be reinstated. And instead of receiving that gratefully, they crucified him. Needless to say, the Jews were literally dumbfounded at what he was saying. And so he, he seeing their reaction, goes in to say, now we're going on to verse 28 in John chapter 5, Do not marvel. Do you get now why he said don't marvel? Because they were marveling. Okay? He said, do not marvel at this. Excuse me. That is, that he himself had received the right to judge all men, and that everyone was going to be judged on the basis of their attitude to him, which was utterly preposterous and intolerable to the Jews. Okay? For the hour is coming. All right? He's talking about the second coming. This is not the rapture, by the way. In which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Now, let me just quickly talk to you about what I've said there. Do you all know the difference between the second coming and the rapture? Very quick. Okay, this is the quick, tiny, itty-bitty version. Okay, (laughs) all right. The rapture is when Jesus will not hit this earth. His feet are going to hit the clouds, and then we're going to all get called up. And in an instant, I think this is in Thessalonians, it talks about in a twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed. And we'll all rise up to meet him in the air. Okay? And so, and we'll be taken up. So the whole church, this is when the church gets taken out of this earth. It is the beginning of the tribulation. It is the beginning of the seven year period of time when all kinds of judgments and things are going to start happening. The devil is going to run riot and it's just going to be a very bad time. It's when the Jews are going to go, oops, we missed it. And at that point in time is when, you know, the Bible talks about 144,000 Jews. Jews, not the other guys. That, no, can you do? Anyway, okay, 144,000 Jews. And they're going to be from each of the tribes. An equal number from each of the tribes are going to see and realize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And they're going to have worldwide evangelism in those seven years. Now, at the end of those seven years is the second coming. Okay? So the rapture is when we get taken up and we're having a great time in heaven while this earth is in a very bad state. Okay? And the Jews are suddenly getting the revelation and they're doing lots of things. It's when Moses and Elijah and all that stuff is going to happen. Okay? They're going to turn up here. They're going to be killed. They're going to be resurrected. All kinds of things are going to happen. Okay? Which I don't have time. We'll do all of that when we get to the end. If we get to the end before we're raptured. Okay, at this rate. <laughs> anyway, I will put on some speed as we go. But there's some things that I just, you know, I think it's better to get a deep revelation on something than just skip over everything and, okay, we're done. And what, what's next? I, I don't know. Okay, anyway. So, again, this is why I'm spending so much time. But that's what those two things are. Those two events are. So what he's talking about here is that second coming. It's the second time that he comes when then everything is going to be judged. Okay? All right. Alright, so let's go to this. In other words, as William MacDonald puts it, Jesus says that in a time yet future, all of those whose bodies are lying in the graves will hear His voice. He continues, How foolish it would be for anyone who was not God to predict that bodies lying in the grave would one day hear His voice. Only God could ever support such a statement. How can somebody dead hear a voice? I mean, you know, I'm trying to say, okay, you can call out, you can say things, they're dead, dude, they're dead, you know. Okay, all right. So in short, this was yet another sign to the Jews that Jesus was their Messiah, God manifested in the flesh. He's, he's trying to give it to them. He's trying to give them all these clues. In addition to this, D.A. Carson observes, since the voice of the Son is powerful enough to generate spiritual life now, 
Remember? Lazarus, come forth. Remember? Okay. It will, in fact, be powerful enough to call forth the dead then on the last day. That's why it was so important that the incident with Lazarus was recorded. Gospel of John. Okay. That see, see, there's a reason for everything, isn't there? That's why I said, you know, once you start seeing this, you begin to see the beauty of what was going on. And why he wrote the things he wrote. Because he needs us to know how that works. And so he gives us the story about Lazarus. A dead person. And Jesus speaks to a dead person. And a dead person hears him. Comes alive. Amen. So if he can do that with one, he can do it with everyone. Amen? And that's exactly what Jesus goes on to say, uh, reading verse 28, uh, and on to verse 29 now. Alright, he says, For the hour is coming, page 13, in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Isn't that sad? Leon Morris says that the climax to this section is reached with the explicit declaration that it is the voice of the Son that will call the dead from their graves. The Son will usher in the resurrection. All the dead will rise. And those who have done good will rise to live. And those who have done evil will rise only to be condemned. What a solemn truth this is, that every person who has ever lived, or will ever live, will fall into one of these two categories. Alright, let me just talk to you about this very quickly, because there's, there's a doctrine going around that talks about soul sleep. Alright, and they use this to sort of sell that. They're saying, see, everybody, when you die, you just stay in the grave until this point when you are called up. Do you understand? Okay. But the thing, what we need to understand is this. When you die, your body goes in the ground. Whether you're cremated or not, don't worry, it'll all come back together. Somehow, okay. Alright. What happens is, remember um, the rich man and Lazarus? Okay. Now, he's, he wasn't asleep. What happened? Lazarus died. The rich man died. Lazarus was carried by angels. The rich man was buried. Interesting, isn't it? The, the different terminology. It doesn't say that he was carried by anything, even though he was, but it was with demons. Okay? Because they come and take their own. They will come to claim their Okay? And the reason they can't claim you is because you belong to somewhere else. They don't have a claim on you. They lost that claim when you made Jesus Christ Lord. Okay? All right. So, all right. So, what we find is that immediately after that, it talks about, and then the rich man looked up and saw Lazarus. Now he didn't sleep a long time. And he suddenly woke up. Oh my gosh, Lazarus. Okay? No, remember this is before Jesus went to the cross. Remember that? So what's going on here? We need to understand there are two things happening here. When you die, your spirit will go one place or the other. In the Old Testament, it went to paradise or to the depths of hell. They were both beneath the earth, sadly. Okay? Nobody could go to heaven because you had to be reborn to enter that kingdom. You just couldn't go that way. Which is really interesting why Jesus had to die. Because they couldn't get access to heaven until he did. 
the, the thing is that we need to understand that spiritually something happens, but then there is a natural part of you because we are all going to get resurrection bodies. Because we, this is not going to work, <laughs> okay? Have you all noticed? It's got a few flaws in it, you know? All right? And, and good news, you're getting a new one. Hallelujah, okay? It's going to be able to travel all through the galaxy. You won't have to. You don't need oxygen with this one. And doors don't, are not a problem. You can just walk in and out. And yet you can eat your food and not leave it behind the door as you walk through it. <laughs> okay? It won't get strained out. You know, and isn't it interesting? You can carry it with you. Remember Jesus appeared to them? Ate. We'll see all of that when we get to it. Okay? And then just woof. And the food didn't stay there. Like Casper the Friendly Goats, you know? Okay? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. All right? Which is really interesting. So what we need to understand is that there is a place when, when you die, spiritually something happens, and naturally something happens. Your body goes in the grave. Now that will stay there until this time. See, this time is a different time to when you actually are sent. See, there are a whole bunch of people in hell waiting still to be judged. That's not their judgment. They're still waiting judgment. I just need you to understand that we're talking about two different events. There's a time when your spirit is incarcerated or goes to heaven. And there's a time when all of those people that are in heaven are going to receive a resurrected body. Isn't that interesting? They're kind of waiting too until all of this finishes. But their bodies are going to be different to the um, immortal bodies that people are going to have in this earth once it restarts. So you are going to have an eternal body while they're, the people on this earth are going to go to the place where they were meant to be at the beginning. Nobody should have died. Do you understand? Immortal means not subject to death. Okay? So all the people that are born following all of this stuff in the new earth and everything happens, they're going to be immortal. They're going to be like Adam should have been. Adam and Eve should have been from the beginning. And so, you know, you can trace back your ancestors down all the way to the, begin, you know, the first person. Okay? But we're not going to be in that category. They'll be having kids. You kind of won't be. Sorry. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what it talks about. Because you'll be a different kind of being. Okay. You'll be able to travel the universe. You'll be able to go all over the place. And that's why it says it's like the angels. All right. Except in God's class. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I'm going to stop there and just move on now. Because otherwise we're going to get caught up in all kinds of things. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Okay. Leon Morris says that the climax of this section is reached with the explicit declaration that it is the voice of the Son that will call the dead from their graves. The Son will usher in the resurrection. All the dead will rise, and those who have done good again will rise to live, while those who have done evil will rise only to be condemned. What a solemn truth this is, that every person who has ever lived or will ever live will fall into one of these two categories. There's another third category. There's not, I'm another religion, and I get done a different way. Can we talk about that? Okay. See, a lot of times people say, oh, you know, what you believe in, that's what you're going to be judged based on, what you believe in. We're not going to be judged based on what you believe in. We're going to be judged based on what we believe in. This is a thought that is going around. And uh, that's, that, that's really why I want to talk to you about that just for one moment. We're all going to be judged by this. Whether we believe it, doesn't matter whether we believe it or not. doesn't matter if they think that they're not going to be judged. They're going to all be judged on the same basis. The only difference is we knew better. Amen? We had insight. We were given some inside information. Hallelujah. 
We came to Bible college a lot. No, okay? Whatever it is, we knew, all right? And, and whatever they rejected, they're not just, just because they decided that it wasn't right and it wasn't real, doesn't give them any, any passes. They're going to be judged on it regardless. In fact, based on, what, on them actually doing that, they're going to be judged. That they actually rejected what was being given to them freely. Amen? Okay. In his commentary, William MacDonald points out that verse 29 does not teach that people who have done good will be saved because of their good deeds. Good works are not the root of salvation, but rather the fruit. Did you get that? They are not the cause, but the effect. The expression, those who have done evil, describe those who have never put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And consequently, whose lives have been evil in the sight of God. These will be raised to stand before God and to be sentenced to eternal doom. See, we have to redefine what good and evil is. You know, we think, oh, he kicked his cat. He's an evil person. Okay? <laughs> and it isn't, you know, that's a bad thing to do. Do you understand? But what, what God sees as evil is you rejecting the sacrifice, what Jesus did. You saying, no, I can do this on my own. You know, and the, the only way you can really appreciate this is for you to really understand the horrific nature of the cross, what he went through. And then, right there, when you see the horrendous price that was paid, put that right next to the person that says, oh no, I don't need that. That's when you see how evil that is. And that could be a nice person. And that could be a person that lives down on your street. And that you think very highly of. And you think maybe God will give them a pass because they're such a nice person. God doesn't see all of that. He sees that right next to the cross, there they are saying this. To God, that is evil. Get it? In short, Jesus was not teaching justification by works, which even the Apostle Paul understood to be wrong and clearly stated in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. He says, For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Amen? In fact, John MacArthur in his commentary says that Jesus was not teaching justification by works. In the context, the good is believing on the Son so as to receive a new nature that produces good works, while the evil done is to reject the Son and hate the light, which has the result of evil deeds. It has the result of evil deeds. Do you get it? Okay. And that's, that's what will make everything... See, in fact, somebody once said this, and I thought that was really insightful. They said, when you reject the Son and do good to try and gain favor with God... To say, see, I don't need your son. I don't need that sacrifice. I can be good and I should be left in on the basis of my good works. All the good works that you do with that mindset actually sends you further into hell than get you to heaven. Because it is as if you are just disrespecting everything God did and saying, I can do this on my own. And so every good work now becomes a bad work. Do you get this? Every good thing you do now comes in opposition to God saying, receive my son. And you saying, no, I don't need him because see, I'm good. 
becomes your condemnation. So while people are looking and thinking, oh, when I get to heaven, you know, up will come the big screen. I don't know why they think that. But (laughs) up will come a big screen and they'll turn on the projector and my life will start to appear on this big screen and they'll say, wow, look at all the amazing good things they did. (gasps) They are so going to heaven, is what so many people think. And it's exact opposite. And can I say the tragedy of it is, if you received the Son and did all of that, then that would have been pleasing to the Father. Because you would have been honoring the Son in everything that you did. Everything we do is as unto the Lord. Amen. And then those are rewarded. Isn't it interesting? Every good work you do will be rewarded. Every good work they do will be held against them. Okay, let's, let's, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll conclude there for today.